0: G'day everyone welcome back to Risk Biscuits. I'm Michael, your host. Thanks for joining in once again. Uh, as always, if you like the show uh and enjoy what the content that we're putting out, please like and subscribe, follow, uh, you know, whatever it is, subscribe or follow, depending on the platform. Your support is important to the show. Uh today I'd like to welcome a guest, another sort of instalment in our interview series, David Hale. Good day, mate. How are you?
1: I'm good, mate. Good to good to be here i'm a yeah I'm a, i have to say i'm a bit i'm a big fan of the show you've had pretty much every one of my uh my trading idols on so uh you know a lot to a lot to a lot to live up to
0: yeah thanks man no, i appreciate you coming on and yeah we're trying to do things a little bit different so see how it goes uh, yeah no it's just... great it's great
1: like i like i said again it's a it's a little different but like every basically every single guest you've had i've just been you know I've i've been really excited
0: yeah, cool. Uh, look, before we get into it, just the sort of standard disclosure type stuff. Um, obviously, you know, this show is really just for entertainment purposes. David and I are just having a chat. We're not here to provide you with financial advice. If you're looking for financial advice, please go somewhere else and seek it. Um, if you're looking for just to sort of listen to two guys have a chat about markets and shoot the shit, then you're probably in the right spot. All right, so uh how do I get rid of this all right while i work that out um yeah cool okay sorry technical glitch um so look i might just kind of bit of a brief intro to yourself and that sort of thing obviously we've only connected over twitter relatively recently so i don't know you as well as some of the other guests but um obviously um i've sort of read a bit about you and sort of done my research. So you've been in trading for sort of 25, 30 years, sort of, you know, fell into it for lack of a better word and fell in love like we all do. Um, worked sort of in prop background for many years and then you're sort of an independent trader at this point. Um, I think you might have even had your own prop firm at one point. Uh, and then recently you've written a book. Is that sort of a fair kind of summary of, who you are and your background
1: yeah not not quite 25 30 years i know uh, you know i've aged you know trading definitely ages you but uh 20 Sorry. it's been 23 23 years now and yeah my background is uh you know basically you know the prop world I, that's where i started i'm still i would still call myself a prop trader um i did yeah i even owned a prop firm for uh for a few years and kind of ran that um yeah I've, u.s equities has been my main my main game i've done a little option trading um some crypto trading you know i actually traded at a futures firm for a while i traded actually equities at a futures firm which is but so i know that i know that side of things too so yeah uh prop based but uh you know i had my dip my toes in in pretty much everything
0: yeah cool so maybe let's go back to the beginning so how did you sort of Get
1: involved in trading in to start out with. It basically kind of I would I would say gambling. So I I despite Fair the out. accent I I grew up in England I I, I still I guess you call me English. Um. So there I kind of as a, and I wrote the story in the book about you know as a boy kind of sneaking in these arcades and you know getting on the slot machines. Um. You know, and when I say boy, I mean, yeah, proper boy, like, you know, 10, 11 years old. And that was kind of my intro to trading. And I write a story in the book about where I found a malfunctioning slot machine when I was 11 years old. And, you know, I wrote and that was kind of, you know, that was one of the greatest things I, you know, I'd ever discovered. So that was kind of an introduction to, I guess, risk gambling, trading and, and this kind of style of trading. I still do, which I call kind of glitches um yeah so after you know sneaking in the slot machines it was it was gambling uh i moved to texas in my when i was about 12 years old once i got there i was you know as soon as i got my driver's license it was sneaking into horse racing tracks casinos i spent most of my college you know getting student loans and heading off to vegas um sports betting was was a big thing for me um and that was kind of thing yeah you know i've always always kind of had this 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 love affair with risk which uh, you know not necessarily isn't the greatest trait for a trader um you need a little kind of you know you need you need to need to have a little bit of that into you in in you but uh i probably have a little too much and so yeah it was casinos it was gambling and you know that was the goal to kind of be you know be a gambler be a professional gambler but as as we know that's 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 hard work although it is possible um, and I kind of, you know, I didn't lose too much of my gambling, but I never, you know, never really made much. And uh, right at the end of college, I, this was, this was about 2000 when we had the, the first internet bubble. And yeah. uh, I remember hearing about, you know, day trading. It was kind of the cool thing that was, it was one of those, you know, one of those peers where, where day trading was cool. And I saw these pictures; of these guys, you know, training big, or, big old uh, CRT monitors, and uh, yeah, I was like, "Oh man, that's you know, that's what I want to do." This is even better than gambling. And you know, my uh, research was basically thumb- thumbing through the you know the financial pages and picking stocks and seeing what they did the next day, and they were going straight up. So I, I thought that was, you know, that was my calling, and it was it was you know the easy way to do things. Um. So yeah, my I got, after college, I get my first. My first attempt in the, you know, attempt to master trading or get into trading, I kind of took a wrong turn and ended up as a stockbroker at probably, you know, the sketchiest stockbroker there is. And, uh, you know, I thought I'd be, you know, doing technical research and picking stocks and and doing all that good stuff. But no, I was just like, here's a big phone book, cold call. Yeah. And I mean, it was. It was terrible you know again it was I, I did about a week of that and i was like all right this you know this 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 is the worst job so that was yeah that was kind of my intro, introduction of finance and um fortunately after that i i i found a prop firm in texas in austin, austin texas and uh yeah that's that's where i got my start and uh i fell in i fell in love with it you know from day one and you know, 23 years later, I'm, 23 years later I, you know, I'm still standing, I guess, you know, times barely, but still here.
0: Yeah, cool. So maybe talk me a little bit about sort of starting out the prop firm, like you get the job, obviously, you're excited, you know, you're pretty green, you, you don't know that much, although you come from a sort of a sports betting background. So you, you know, you obviously got sort of some ideas. So what was that like, sort of, initially sort of finding your feet and figuring out what was going on and that
1: sort of thing. Well, this is wild. I mean, this is, this is, this was like, you know, things have changed a lot in the prop world, but when I started, it was, it was, it was old school. I mean, the, you know, it was just a room full of, you know, testosterone laced, 20 year old dudes, you know, like flip flops, t-shirt, just pounding keyboards, slamming keyboards, you know, yelling, screaming. It was, it was wild. And I loved it. You know, I was like, all right, this is, you know, this is, a, this is, this is what I want to do. It was kind of, you know, it was, it it, it it was a scene and the boss, you know, the first boss I had was just this old school kind of pit trader guy who just, you know, just fucking scream and yell guys would come out of his office, you know, crying. So it was, it was, it was wild. And there wasn't there wasn't really any training. They just kind of gave you the software manual, put you on demo for a couple of weeks and then, you know, kind of threw you out there. Um, And, you know, not knowing anything I, and having that kind of, you know, gambling mindset, I was just I was just I was just going for it. You know, they said, you know, at first you could trade 100 shares. You know, that was the limit but they didn't really say how many stocks you could trade a, a, at a time. So I, I took that rule and I was, you know, a basket of 10, 20 stocks and, you know, losing thousands of dollars as, you know, a newbie. And, uh, you know, quickly got in the hole about 40 grand, which was, you know, was, was pretty impressive considering, you know. Yeah. And a decent amount point. of money
0: at that point in time too. Yeah,
1: yeah, it was a lot. And again, you know, if they had better risk management, I'm sure I'd have been fired. <laughs> um, but I quickly... You know, I I saw there were some guys there. And again, back then, the markets, things were a lot easier. It was so easy. The markets were inefficient. You know, the equities, it was kind of like crypto is now you had all these kind of fragmented markets and it was inefficient. And, you know, looking back, you know, when I started, we were talking about, oh, this guy, he made 10 grand this month. And we're like, oh, wow. You know, looking back, you know, now looking back, you know, these guys should have been making, we should have been making, you know, 10 million a year, a, a month. Um, but I, I quickly kind of, there were some guys in the office who were making money and they were doing it, you know, like I said, I was just, I was gambling. I was just buying a basket of stock and hoping they would go up. But there was guys who were, the, the guys, the smart guys, the guys actually making money. They were, you know, they were basically, you know, doing arbitrage. They were taking advantage of these inefficiencies, efficiencies, these fragmented markets. I mean, basically the main strategy was just waiting for some fool to, Put you know to miss you know fat finger an order or miss you know put a mispriced order in and then bang you know everyone was on their keyboard just trying to slam that order, um, and that's you know that's that's what it was it was it was more video gaming these guys we were all you know playing these you know video games when we had a second and it was basically you know the fastest on the fastest on the keyboard you know got the scraps. And a lot of times it was like the new guys who didn't know what they're doing, you know, providing these scraps. So it was, you know, it was kind of kill or be killed. But I, I love that. I, I did like that atmosphere. Um, and yeah, so I quickly, quickly kind of figured out, all right, you know, enough with the gambling and, you know, speculation, and all that stuff, you know, find these strategies with the edge and just take advantage of that. So, you know, I just my first strategy was basically I saw I was watching the S&P. And I saw a couple of stocks which were like in the Dow Jones and the S&P. And, and the main one was I traded was 3M. I'm sure I'm sure you probably heard of that. Yep. And, uh, you know, I just have a chart of the S&P and 3M up and I'd see S&P spike up and then 3M would spike up. But it usually took a couple of seconds. Um, you know, this is before all the algos and automated trading. I know now, you know, there's you know, th- that lag is basically basically disappeared. But there was a lag back then. So. I would just sit there all day and just watch the S&P and have that 3M chart up and just, you know, bang, 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 you know, just pound and then, and then it goes down and short and just do that all day. It was just, you know, it's glorified video game kind of, you know, Pac-Man style trading. Um, yeah, cool. But that was, that was where the edge is. And, you know, the, a lot of those strategies, I'm you know, that's what I'm still doing today. Just simple stuff. That's you know, like you said, more, like I said, more, more, more video gaming than, you know, financial you know financial trading let's say
0: yeah so has your kind of trading always been about sort of you know finding an edge or some sort of inefficiency and exploiting it rather than you know sort of fundamental sort of single stock research you're not really interested in what a company does you're more just sort of exploiting inefficiencies in the market
1: yeah exactly i mean the more you know more i do macro or pay attention to anything i you know i, I that's that's when i get burned so i'm terrible at it and you know that's what i tell traders is that you know you even look at the hedge funds they're terrible at it they have trouble you know you know keeping up with the benchmarks so yeah my my whole my whole game and that's where i write a book is i call it glitches you know looking for inefficiencies looking for arbitrage looking for when things go wrong and just playing these simple strategies and that's a, that's not only my game that's kind of been the game of you know, all the, all the prop traders I've been around, you know, that's what we do. I think, you know, and that's recently, I found out that of course there are, there's tons of other traders in on this game, you know, the guests on your podcast, you know, they, they're basically talking, most of them are talking the same, the same game, you know, just in a smarter, more sophisticated way and execute, you know, and doing it in a more smarter and sophisticated way than me. But yeah, I mean, my, my whole, strategies and the guys have been around it's just you know picking up these scraps hitting these inefficiencies um you know playing auction type strategies and you know that's the thing and, and that's kind of why i wrote the book because at least you know on the kind of the stock twitter and these stories no no one really gets that you know everyone's trying to do these you know fancy technical patterns and you know fundamental analysis and speculation and all that stuff but no the, you know for me and what I've seen in my PL and and what I've seen in, you know, the hundreds, maybe thousands of traders I've been around is, you know, the real edge is in these, you know, these glitches, these inefficiencies, of course, arbitrage. And that's, you know, that's, that's been my game, just picking up, you know, picking up these little scraps scavenging is what I'm saying. And it's not, it's not real glamorous and especially the way I do it isn't real glamorous, you know, just, you know, it's all, all discretionary, but for me, that's, that's, that's where the edge is. And that's what I've seen. And that's what, like I said, you know, my brother's been a professional trader for, for 20, through 20 years, got a lot of friends in business and that's what we all do. And, you know, not many other to say equity traders really get that because I think they don't, you know, they don't know, you know, we, we keep our mouth shut, you know, not, not, I don't know any, I'm basically the only only guy on Twitter out of all the traders I know. Everyone else is, you know, they 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 stay away from Twitter and social media. They're keeping their mouth shut. So they have a good strategy. and They're not saying anything, and that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it's it's it, it it's really secretive. And the thing is, even when I tell traders this, especially the the equity traders, they're kind of they're not that interested. You know, it's like they're kind of well, you know, that's that's not trading. That's not what I want to do. You know, I want to pick tesla i want to you know i want to you know play some fancy cup and handle breakout pattern you know that's what they imagine trading to do but like i like i said again for me the most efficient and where the most edges is, is 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 picking up the scraps looking for these inefficiencies you know looking for arbitrage um not just inequities you know the futures traders i've seen this that's what they're doing the good ones the ones making money um like i said the guests that you've had on a lot of them, you know, again, I, you know, like robot James is like, he's like, a this guy's like a God to me because I, I, you know, when he talks and same with like you and these other guys, it's like, wow, this is exactly what I've been doing way. I think, but these guys are just saying it, you know, in a, in a, in a, in a whole different manner. I'm just, you know, I, I, I kind of like a cave, I'm like a caveman version, but yeah, uh, cool. you know, and then I didn't realize it was out there again, you know, stock, twitter there's a bunch of you know stock bros out there posting p and l shots and you know talking about some crazy technical pattern and uh, it's a it's a different world but it's glad to find you know there's a, there's a big community out there with this with the same mindset
0: yeah it's funny that one of the uh one of the, well, the good things about twitter is and finding like james and you and people sort of like that is a lot of the trading that i was doing before sort of coming across them, I sort of didn't realise, I didn't really realise what I was doing. And then you sort of come across them and they explain it and you're like, yeah, that's exactly what I'm doing. (laughs) And you're like, oh, I'm actually doing something right for once as opposed to, you know, just like fumbling around. And it seems like the, you know, there's, there's some people obviously on Twitter and other platforms that are quite generous with their information sharing and that sort of thing. But there's the sort of single stock fundamental guys are sort of happy to talk stocks and earnings and you know get into sort of deep debates about one company over another sort of thing but the people that are sort of playing the edges and the inefficiencies are generally a bit more secretive and you'll sort of be talking to someone and then you'll find out that you're like you're doing quite a similar trade to them you didn't realize you know you might have been friends for a couple of years but you're doing quite a similar trade and didn't know it.
1: yeah well and that's and that's the thing i find you know the let's say you know like the stock twitter they're 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 talking about this trade and that trade and you know buy tesla do that you know the the real you know the, the real the gems the the great information the the really helpful stuff is not individual trades it's theory it's methods it's you know the ways to look at the market and again that's what you know a lot of your guests do they're not you know James and these guys and you, and they're not handing out trades. They're not saying, you know, buy this buy. It. They're just they there, which, which is all bullshit. When someone, you know, when someone does that, it's, it's, it rings alarm bells. But if someone's telling you, you know, showing you how to look at the market, how to approach trading, I mean, that's the most va- valuable thing you can do. And like you said, there's, these guys are handing out just, you know, just golden information and it's out there if you want to dig a little deeper. But again, the problem is most people, they don't, you know, that's, it's too hard. It's too complicated. And i the same way, you know, when I'm digging through like, you know, Ewan's books, it's like, man, this, you know, this is hard work. This is, this is heavy lifting. It's a lot easier to go on Twitter and have some guy feed you some, uh, you know, nice doji star, you know, double breakout pattern on, you know, NVIDIA um but the you know train as you know trading it's it's hard work there's a reason you know yeah. these books are, are tough to come through and there's a reason why you know a lot of this information can seem dry to traders they want you know they just want to be fed the, you know the easy the easy way and of course there isn't an easy way
0: yeah cool and then so how long did you spend at that initial prop firm that you, you got, the, got the work at
1: i was i was at the initial one for a few years and then um I kind of, sw- and then I, I, I jumped ship to another prop firm in Austin, um, just basically for bigger payout and uh, a little more independence. Um, that's kind of, you know, that's the way a lot of these prop firms work. You just kind of jump around looking for a bigger payout, which yeah. which in the scheme of things is, is a good way to look at it. You know, looking back, I was, you know, if I'd stayed at the, this original prop firm, it was like, it was a proper prop firm where there was structure, there was, you know, there was bosses, there was layers of management and there was training, there was, you know, good, good technology. And it was looked at more as a job. You know, you came to work each day, you busted your ass, you did that. And, you know, the, since then, you know, the prop firms, and now I'm trading kind of independently, remotely, it's, you know, it's my, my you know, it's on you to be disciplined. It's on you to do that. And unfortunately, you know, I, I think I need a little more, you know, it's nice to have a little more structure. So, you know, I, I I left that firm looking for, you know, bigger payout. But in the hindsight, if I probably stayed there, you know, maybe I'd done better because there. And and that's a big lesson is you know if you're surrounded by good traders, if you have good technology, if you you know have good good structure, good management, then you know that that profit pie is going to be a lot bigger. You, you know, your slice could be smaller, but you know, in in the, in in the long run, it could be a better thing. So that that was kind of a lesson learned. Um. And yeah, so I, I kind of traded in uh in Texas for uh, about 10 years, you know, a prop trade okay. in at these these at these prop firms, which, again, were like these, you know, the, the, the second one I traded was just a room, tiny room full of sweaty, you know, dudes just pounding keyboards looking for these glitches, you know. And again, a lot of times it was guys just coming in like once once a week or once a month, maybe for a, you know, a rebalance. So they could play an auction or, you know, some guys would come in when the volatility really picked up, it, you know, there wasn't, you know, just guys were coming and going and then you'd have guys come in and fund an account. And of course, you know, they were gone in a couple of weeks, they blow up account in a couple of weeks. So it's, a, it's always, a, it's a, it was an interesting scene. Um, but the, you know, the second one wasn't much structure. So, you know, the guy, you know, the new traders would come and go a lot faster and uh you know that's 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 a big lesson for anyone you know looking to get in the prop prop world you know look for that prop firm with training with structure with good management with a good reputation um unfortunately really they're really t- they're really tough to come by now and you know mm-hmm. to get in these firms you know you need phds and you know and all, all all kinds of stuff like that yeah yeah it's
0: kind of changed a fair bit and there's a lot of sort of dodgy firms out there, but not so many sort of good quality ones. So like looking back on your like prop career, what do you think sort of your main takeaways in terms of like, what did you learn through that experience and how did your trading sort of change over time and that sort of thing?
1: Yeah. It's like I said, I mean, the main thing I, I got is, you know, this, this kind of style and this method of trading and you know, the guy, none of the, none of the top traders I knew, none of them were doing fundamental, of course, none of them doing fundamental stuff. Basic, you know, tech, we would have, we, of course, and I still have charts, you know, my layout, but, tr- you know, technical analysis was secondary. Um, you know, it's, we still need charts. Those are our eyes. They guide us, but it was all a lot of 90% of it was, was really tape reading. Um, you know, looking at these level two, level two boxes, you um, and that's, that's that's a skill that most, you know, of course, most traders don't have not, right now. Unfortunately, it's got, you know, in, my, in equities, it's definitely got tougher to use these skills to to, to tape read. You know, the bots and the algos have really made it, you know, made it difficult. But, you know, a lot of it, you know, a lot of my strategies for years were just sitting there watching the tape of like an individual stock and just, you know, Market making, if, you know, they've had a big spread, put a big bid, you know, a penny above the bid. I mean, so I put a a, a bid, penny above a big bid or, you know, an offer, a penny below. um You know, if there is, you know, taking out, you know, removing liquidity so that the spread had to widen, you know, looking for patterns. And that's a, that's that's the way we traded for for a long for a long time, a uh, long time. Um, and it's a skill, I think, you know, most active traders don't have and, and, and should have. Now I I still do. I still take breed, but I found once the U.S. market opens, there's so much noise. There's so much bots. Everything's so fast, especially since you know I'm doing it all by hand and I'm old and I'm slow. It's there's no edge there. But I now I basically I trade I trade pre market where things are a little slower. There's still you know there's still there's still some audits a lot of automated trading, but not as much. Things are a little yeah. slower, you know, I, you know, I can read the, le- I can still read the, the level twos, the, the, the market makers. Um So yeah, again, and that's, 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 that's what I don't think people realize that, you know, tape reading is a valuable skill. And this is what most of these prop firms still use. And this is, you know, they're basically the number one tool that's been, you know, been a lot of, you know, brought in all the cash. I mean, there's years, I mean, two or three years where I just traded one, single stock every single day. And this was, okay. a, it was a weird stock. I mean, it was a really high price, priced home builder, the tickers and NVR. And back then I think it was three or $400 and it, there was only a, maybe a couple hundred thousand shares or so volume each day. It was basically me just doing all the volume, but I was just, you know, it had a big spread. So I just put bids and offers, it, it would move with the other home building stocks, but it would lag those. So I could play that. And, you know, like I said, it's not most glamorous style of trading. It's not, you know, that exciting. But, you know, if I, I if I executed well, I'd bring in money every single day. And then, you know, the, the other big thing in these profit firms is, you know, they feed off volatility. You know, and yeah. that's, that's my, you know, I mean, again, and these, you know, in these, these prop firms are as at before 2008, you know, we, a thousand was a good decent day, you know, 10,000 was, was really good. And then 2008 hit, you know, in the, in the financial crisis and VIX popped up to, I think it was 80, 90. And, you know, like we went from 1,000 to ten thousands to, you know, hundreds of thousands, millions in a day. So, you know, again, and that's, Basically, you know, and it wasn't speculation where, you know, we weren't shorting stocks, you know, bank stocks, all that stuff. It was just playing these inefficiencies. Um, you know, when the 2008 hit, a lot of these algos, the plugs were pulled. The market was inefficient. Um, you know, a lot of it, again, it revolves around auction, auctions. Um, and, at the, you know, on the, on the the U.S. equities, you have an in auction and a closing auction. And we find little strategies revolve around these auctions. So, you know, 2008 guys were making, you know, millions of dollars, but it was all in seconds and it was all was based on the closing auction. So it wasn't, it had nothing to do with, you know, the market really, you know, playing the market, these big moves in the market. It was all just taking advantage of these, you know, these glitches, these inefficiencies. And, you know, and it was basically the same trend after that 2000, you know, after 2008, you know, PN- the numbers went down. The market got tough. Um, you know, the traders came and go a lot, uh, a lot more often. And then 2020 hit. 2000, you know, 21 volatility spiked, and you know, we went back to the good old days where the P and L numbers just got ridiculous.
0: Yeah. Okay. And then, so somewhere along there, you stepped away from sort of prop world, or. And went out independently, or you set up your own firm, or sort of want to talk about that for a minute, just
1: sort of more yeah. process? I, I mean, i you know, technically, I'm still, I, I'm still in the prop world. You know, I've got, okay. I, I, I've I you know, I, I'm still technically a remote prop trader, but yeah, after about, must have been close to ten years, I just kind of, I was, you know, I, I, I was maybe a little disenchanted, let's say. You know i was 25 yeah. years old and i'd made you know i was making tons of cash i'd built my dream house i had my dream car i could you know i had every material possession i always always wanted and, it, and then it was kind of like okay you know what what, what's next um of course you know with trading that's not necessarily the way you should look at things it's you know it's not about the money it's about the performance it's about trading all that but i kind of i got kind of got caught in that cycle Um, so yeah, I went through like, you know, I guess maybe, a you know, this period of disenchantment. So, and I, and then I went through it, uh, I was going through a divorce and I basically just up and left and said, I, you know, fuck it. Let me, let me, you know, let me do something different. Let me have an adventure. You know, I got a ton of cash in my pocket. I'm young, young youngish. And, uh, so I I moved over to London, um, kind of with the hopes of trying something new, maybe getting a hedge fund world. You know just 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 change things up um but of course I was leaving a, a good office full of good traders you know it was a it was a risk but um that's something I do so I got to London and you know looked around for you know getting in the hedge fund and the financial industry and it, I quickly found out like you know they weren't really looking for guys like me I I had no skills you know I I knew how to play this, this, this glorified video game. That's about it. I didn't know, you know, I have no, and I still, I still don't have any skills. Um, so I didn't really work out with, you know, getting into that, that the upper echelon of finance. So I stuck with, I stuck with trading. I was just trading remotely from, from London, you know, my, my flat over there. And that's, that's when 2008 hit and it was just like bang. Um, you know, unfortunately I was trading remotely if I, you know, I wish I, I should have just flown back to Texas and been in this office, been around all these guys. Um, but I was trading remotely with, you know, bad internet and all this stuff. But I was of course able to, you know, make some, make some really good money, have my best years and, uh, you know, and take advantage of that. So, you know, that, that was, you know, that was kind of a godsend and, you know, refilled the coffers. And then after that, you know, I've, I, I kind of went back to, Got married again. Went back to Texas. Spent a year there, and the market was dead. It was tough trade in this office. Wasn't you know? It was kind of emptying out. So okay, get back to get back to London. Got back to London, and the market after 2008, the market changed. You know, we had this amazing time and all crazy volatility, and then the market got tough. You know, these inefficiencies inefficiencies weren't weren't there as much. You know, it was a time to be cautious, play defensively. And you know, I I didn't do an amazing job with that. I you know, I didn't really lose much money, but I wasn't bringing in money. Okay. And I was in London and you know, spending crazy. You know, living living beyond my means. So, okay, kind of basically in a, in about, I blew through all my savings in a in a few years. Just you know, and that's partly my fault. I've always been been bad with money and and savings. And that's another lesson for traders. You know, take care of your your savings. So I ended up, you know, three or four years later, basically dead broke, living in London. And, you know, I, I basically had to go to my wife, who was actually from Poland. And I was like, we're, you know, we're dead broke. We have nothing. We got to get out of London. You know, this is the most expensive place in the world. So we took off and we went to we went to Poland. And uh, it was actually living with my mother-in-law and like some communist block in the middle of Poland for a few months. And then uh, I had a really unfortunate trade in a, in this, I thought that this face, uh, there was a Facebook IPO. And uh, I thought this was going to be the, my saving grace. I was literally down to my last few thousand in my trading account. And there was this Facebook IPO, and it was kind of like the godsend. This was the event, you know, and we, the one strategy me and, you know, these, these prop traders ha- still had was basically playing these, these hyped up IPOs, Yep. would Buy the open. We buy the opening price on these, you know, the opening auction, and just hope for that kind of euphoric pop, you know, this pump, and then quickly get out. And it were it was working like a charm, but there, you know, there wasn't too many of these these big IPOs. But Facebook, it was like, you know, back then it was like, you know, this this was the one. So I I literally used like the last you know do, you know dollars we had. I flew back to Austin to trade this you know, one event in this office, you know, with, with my brother and all these other traders. And this trade just turned out to be a disaster. There was a there was basically a, a technical glitch. So we all thought we bought this all open print, but we didn't get our we didn't get the trade confirmations back. So for about an hour or two, we had no idea what was going on. And then you know in that hour or two, Facebook it opened, it had a really little quick pop and then just sold off the rest of the day.
0: Yeah. So after
1: two hours, we got our, we got our orders back and it was like, bang, you know, my account was blown out. You know, I was, you know, I was literally in tears. I had I nothing, you know, blew it, blew everything, my trading careers over, head back to Poland, you know, tail between my legs. And uh, fortunately, again, you know, fortunately I had a little bit of luck. I was able to get some emergency loan and did what, maybe a unwise decision with this emergency loan instead of, you know, saving or, you know, trying to get a job or whatever, I decided to open a prop firm in okay. Poland. Yeah. So, that's pretty cool. Yeah. It was, it was, I, you know, again, I still thought, you know, I knew, you know, the, I you probably realize how these prop firms are set up. It's a great business model, right? You know, you, you bring in traders, you share some capital, and then you know, take a split of their profits, take some commissions, and I still have in my mind, you know, 2008 when I knew all these traders making millions of dollars, and it was like, okay, you know, all I need is one, or two decent traders. We're about to have another huge volatility spike, you know, and it's this is this is going to be amazing. So I set up a I set up this prop firm, um, where I was running it, I was doing everything, recruiting. Everything it was on me. I had a couple financially had a couple partners, but you know, running running the business was on me. So I had about you know five or six traders, and but at the same time, I didn't have any savings. So I had five or six traders. I was running this prop firm, and the pressure was on me to make money basically every single month trading. And this was a really you know really tough market. I really my trading wasn't good. So it was you know two or three years of just you know balls to the wall you know it's just on you know most stressful times of my life trying to teach these guys how to trade risk managing these guys recruiting and at the same time you know every month basically the pressure on myself to make money to pay the bills for the firm and my family um of course you know i'm not like i said this this was a (laughs) hindsight mistake and my book and my story is a precautionary tale. I'm not, you know, I've made plenty of financial mistakes, and this was one of them. um So yeah, was, you know, for two or three years, the market was just rough. It was tough. You know, the guy the guys that I had were actually turned. You know, they were smart guys, and it was a good experience. And you know, a few of them kind of skimmed by, and maybe made a little money, but you know, we didn't have the volatility. Volatility. And, you know, my, of course I was just, you know, going through a crazy time. So after, after a few years, the, the, the firm kind of just ran down, we ran out of money. I went back to, you know, home sitting in my office, you know, every month, just battling, battling the market, you know, it's just, you know, up and down, just trying to, trying to feed the family. And, you know, that worked for about a year and then all of a sudden it just, you know, the money kind of just choo- choo- choo, And then there was none left. My wife left me. I was so yeah, stuck. Right. In, I was stuck in Poland, debt broke. Wife had left me, you know, I didn't know anyone in no language and no friends, no family, no skills, no ways, no way to get a job. And, uh, yeah I, you know it was it was tough times I didn't have a place to live I, you know my dad fortunately came over to poland and i lived with him i mean it was it was it was rough and i, I you know I, it's very very traumatic times um and i had what i didn't have any options i you know i couldn't find a job what i did is i ended up teaching english for okay. ten dollars so i was doing that part-time and you know, I had a, you know, very small balance in my trading account. So, you know, my goal was just to build my confidence back up, um, get some funds in the account. And again, you know, I got back to what I was doing, you know, these glitches, scalping, you know, looking for these order these order books, trying to, you know, playing big bids and offers, looking for a niche. And I, you know, that's when I started trading pre-market, trying to select a, you know, really small, small universe of stocks. Yeah, I know, and, and, and the, as the story goes, I kind of got my feet back. I uh, I jumped into crypto. I found a really a really uh, on YouTube. I found a a great crypto arbitrage strategy that that was able to make me some money. And you know, and then you know, skated by. And then 2020 hit, and you know, volatility went crazy. Trading was back. These glitches, these inefficiencies, came back, and you know for, for a couple of years, I, you know, I had my two best years and I'm here, I'm back, still trading. Yeah.
0: Yeah, man, you've been through some shit to be honest.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a rough time. And like I said, this is, my tail is precautionary. I got myself in a lot of shit that I shouldn't have. I should, you know, I was terrible with money. I, you know, I didn't, didn't have any backup plan. I didn't have any skills. Um, And again, my trading was wasn't what it should have been you know there's all there's always been strategies out there especially with these glitches with these inefficiencies and a lot of times i was even stubborn you know my my brother and these other guys in this firm in austin would kind of you know give me strategies to go look at this look at that and i would be stubborn i go oh, ah no they'll do it my own way and that was yeah, a good okay. lesson nah, you know there's 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 no pr- there, there's no pride in this game you know the best way to trade is to steal, to use other people's strategies and uh, and do it that way but yeah, I've, I've, I've made plenty of mistakes, but, you know, fortunately, I've had a couple, you know, two, the COVID, COVID came to my rescue and uh, and, and saved my ass.
0: Yeah, cool. I'm glad that it's kind of worked out well for you. So where did the book come from? Like, what was the kind of inspiration around that?
1: Well, you know, I went through a few years where, you know, when, when I was doing these, uh, you know, these pre-market strategies and still now my basic routine is I trade pre-market one hour before the open for four days a week. So that's one reason I have a lot of spare time. You know, of course, I yeah. you know, i am always kind of looking for new strategies, keeping my eye out. But for me, that's really the only edge right now for me. Um, okay. You know, when in 2020, when the, you know, volatility picks up. Yeah. I mean, it, it's kind of you strap in and you just sitting there all day pounding and it's, you know, it's, it's, it's intense. But right now, Especially, you know, as a, the U.S. equity market is pretty, pretty quiet, volatility is pretty low. It's it's mainly yeah. trading defensively. So I had that was one reason I had a lot of time. Um, you know, the the you know, I thought my story would be a good like a precautionary tale for people. It's it's a little bit different, and you know, the main thing is I wanted to kind of, you know, get this the whole glitch idea, this this you know, this inefficiencies, kind of let traders know, and new guys know that like this is where. This is what these we're doing this is what we these prop firms are doing this is what this is where the edge is um and there wasn't you know like i say in the twitter world there's not in twitter, stock twitter there's not people talking about this the books i read no one's talking about this yes you know of course i found out you know other guys on twitter and there there are people kind of talking about this in a in a in a more sophisticated different manner um but that was the main thing i wanted. I wanted to kind of, you know, not, you know, spill all these secrets, and I, you know, my goal isn't to hand out strategies and say do this. In the book, I do give do give examples and do do explain how it works. Um, but that was that was that was the main idea. Let you know, kind of open the Pandora's box on what I, you know, called glitch trading. You know, trying to get get this method and this way of thinking about trading out there and not only glitch trading, but also I talk about scalping, which is, you know, that's my preferred method. And, you know, there's not a whole bunch out there about scalping and, you know, the way to do that and book reading. So um, I wanted to talk to talk about that also.
0: Yeah, cool. So just kind of expand on this idea of glitch trading. Like you've obviously mentioned it a few times and, I think it's kind of adjacent to some other terms but sort of like what is it you know if i was someone that's got no idea about trading what does that mean what are you trying to do
1: like i said you're just trying to take advantage of these inefficiencies these again arbitrage of course courses like the holy grail of uh of glitches inefficiencies you know when the market breaks we a lot of my i keep talking about auctions and i, I listened to your interview with james and it's exactly what he said he said for these new traders you know look at auctions it's and that's what it is you know auction trading is you're just basically spending you know that happens us ones are basically five minutes so you're sitting there just watching this basically auction where you have the you know the orders come in you have a buy or sell imbalance and you also have an indication price and you're just playing a game. You're basically playing a game with this. And this single strategy is where basically 90% of, you know, the prop firms, tra- the, the, the traders have been around our profits that come through, but no one, no one even talks about this. No one mentions auctions. No one talks about it. You know, auction, these, these type of games like this. Um, I mean, a couple of good, a couple of good examples of glitch trades, what I call glitch trades that happened, you know, let's say in the last month. Um, One that I spotted was on a, I think it was Bybit, a crypto exchange. And there, because I live in Poland, I keep an eye on the the Polish currencies as the what the Polish Water yeah. to the dollar. And all of a sudden, I think I was alerted through Twitter, someone a Polish trader on Twitter. They were they were quoting the dollar at I think it was uh three three złota to a dollar when it should have been four złota to a dollar. So oh. And again, it it was actually, you know, there was traders on there that were saying they could kind of executed that. So that, you know, that was, it was just basically free money. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't, you know, there's no fundamental analysis. There was no technical analysis. It was just, you know, Bybit was broken. It was, it was a glitch. It was something went wrong. And that's just, you know, that's real edge, you know, trades like that. Um, Another good example of of a glitch that I, I, I spotted recently was, um, you know we had the the bitcoin etfs passing i guess that was two or three weeks ago now and as soon as the, as soon as they open you know they passed and then the next day they started trading pre-market um i was actually alerted to this through one of your uh actually through uh skyquake which is another guy who's you know just a massive glitch hunter and that's another yeah. good example he he basically arbitrages. Uh, I'll simplify it. He arbitrages, you know, ADRs on different markets, which again, I think is amazing kind of glitch glitch type strategy. But um, so the, the the ETFs opened pre-market and I saw a tweet from him that they were trading at a huge premium to their their NAV, their net asset value. So, you know, right at pre-market, right at the open of the market, they were trading at, I can't remember the percentage, maybe it was 5% so you know there's no of course there was you know i guess the reason was there's you, you know this euphoria so a good you know a good good trade would have been you know to short these etfs because they were artificially overpriced um, you know there's a couple of ways to do it of course you could just short the 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 etf hoping it you know recalibrates with the the actual price of bitcoin But again of course there's risk there you know if if bitcoin keeps going up then you know that could keep going up and you know that that premium could stay or even grow There's so of course there's risk management you know like with every trade but again the probably the smartest way would have been short the the these bitcoin etfs and go long spot you know and just you know just just hope that uh that spread compressed so yeah, th- th- those are a couple of good examples. I mean, again, our, you know arbitrage is a holy grail, and in, in, in the book, I you know I go back and even talk about you know just simple Bitcoin arbitrage where you, I know it's still there somewhat, but again, you know back in the day you could buy Bitcoin on one exchange for five thousand and then flip it and sell it on six, for six thousand. You know that was you know a simple strategy. Of course, there are risks there. You know it takes time to to to, to switch it over those those are the type of type of strategies I'm looking at you know and again I also talk about a lot of these kind of lagging strategies i've I spent a lot of my time you know scalping these volatility etfs against you know the s p to get that game's got tougher but I spent years you know they 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 move inversely as you know I know you 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 trade some of these volatility etfs yeah. so you know, when the mar- market goes down, these volatility to, you know, usually go up. So I just want to sit there and watch the spy. And if the spy went down, I quickly buy these volatility uh, ETFs and then, you know, scalp out. And I did that for years and it worked like, you know, worked like a charm. You know, that's that's a you know perfect example of a of a what I would say is a glitch. And it's simple stuff. Most of the stuff is, you know, just just it happens really fast. It's more video gaming. It's about speed. Um, there's no technical there's no fundamental analysis there's no speculation and that's 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 kind of the gist of what I what I call glitch trading
0: yeah okay that, make, that makes sense and you know I think that it feels like on trading generally like most good trading strategies are quite simple it's not really you know there's there are some really complex strategies out there but most people are just you know, whacking a number down or whacking a number up, um, you know, based on some sort of relative value or or, or something, some sort of simple strategy. Um, and they seem to be the ones that, it's funny because they seem to last when you would think that the simple strategy shouldn't, but for some reason they do. And, you know, there's a lot of people that can sort of talk about why they do. But it seems like the sort of simple, boring stuff is, is where the money's made as opposed to just sort of, Fancy, sexy trades and that sort of thing.
1: Yeah, I agree. And that's that that's that's, you know, I'm I don't know, I don't know coding. I don't know math. I don't don't. I, you know, can't even do a spreadsheet. It's you know, that's, you know, and again, I'm not saying that's wrong. Again, I. I wish I had those skills. But again, they're not necessary. And again, yeah, these, these strategies are simple, you know, like, like I keep saying, if a lot of my strategies, if this stock goes up, you buy this, and you know, follows this, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's more gaming than anything. And these auction strategies, they're, they don't have anything to really do with finance. It's, it's more like solving a puzzle. It's more like, you know, gaming. And, the, you know, the thing with these strategies too, I'll mention that is they come and go quickly. So you have to you know, I, there's other people looking for these, these strategies. And again, the alga, you know, the automated traders are f- smart too. So when they spot it, bang, you know, it, it's, it's gone, it's gone pretty quickly. So yeah, it's, 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 it's a kind of a cat and mouse game, but yeah, any, anytime I try and think complex and try and think too smart, it kind of hurts me. I mean, I've, for years, I've been trying to build, you know, I trade these volatility ETFs and, you know, I just, you know, I first started trading, them. you know, when, Right, you know, when they first kind of came out 10, 15 years ago. And it was like, okay, they're basically the structure's broken, you know, can, you know, they think they're the perspective perspective even says they're, they're going to be worthless. They're going to zero, but instead of, you know, kind of just shorting them with, you know, with some kind of with, with a little bit of a plan, you know, I, for for the last 10 years, I'm like, oh, no, I have to have some complex model where this happens and this happens. And then, you know, I've seen, you you know, the UVXY go from $2 billion to, the, you know, whatever it is at now, $10. $10. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't even looked at it, you know, and that whole time, it's just, it's just, just decayed into nothing. $2 billion to 10 While I'm going, oh, you know, I have to have some complex model and, you know, not only, you know, sometimes complex not- models not needed, but I don't necessarily have the skills to build these complex models.
0: Yeah, sure. Me either. <laughs> um... All right, so I feel like this section of the the show is going to be good with you. So you know we've kind of talked about your history and some of your trading and that sort of thing. So let's talk about let's talk some war stories, okay? So, like your best trade ever, your worst trade ever, um, could be based on dollar value or whatever. Um, and then probably more
1: importantly, what did you learn from both of them? Um, I'd say I think my best trade ever was a uh was a uh, a trade this must have been 2020 or maybe uh 2022, 2022 it was during this crazy time and this was a wall street bets type trade okay um I, i'm sure you know about the, of course everyone knows about this um i wasn't necessarily you know again this you know as a scalper we this is this was a little bit too far out for me the original you know the uh Original GameStop trade, so I didn't really get too involved in the the GameStro- Game, GameStop GameStop uh, thing. Uh, but after a while, I was like, you know, this is stupid to to not take advantage of this. So I think it was, you know, during the during this whole craziness, they, they these Wall Street bets guys, they started kind of looking at other stuff. You know, they would go, okay, we're done with GameStop. We're I think, you know, they attacked AMC, a couple other stocks, and then I remember the, this the talk. Start talking going to i heard them talk about silver they're going to corner the silver market
0: yeah okay and,
1: you know, so and this was this was one weekend so one weekend i was like oh, all right, finally and i sat there and i was scouring through wall street bets and i was like okay you know i'm really i'm really gonna i'm really gonna take advantage of this so what at that weekend i spent all my weekend online trying to buy actually physical bars of silver so you know and a lot of them were sold out I wasn't the only one doing that so it was over overpaying for these you know physical bars of silver so i ended up buying like i think like 15 kilos of silver bars which are still sitting in my attic basically i'm worth a hell of a lot less than i bought them for but the good part of this trade was also i was like okay I'm also, you know, and there's different ways to trade silver on the equity markets. You can trade, there's a silver ETF and there's a bunch of silver stocks. And I knew this sector fairly well. So my plan was, okay, these guys, on, you know, this was a weekend on Monday. These guys are going to wake up and they're going to start buying silver and I'm going to take advantage of it. And I, I, I trade in Europe. So, and I'm, I, I'm used to trading pre-market. So the pre-market session opens when all servers go on, opens 10 a.m. here in, in Poland. It's 4 a.m. in the States and not many traders either wake up for it at 4 a.m. or even know that they can trade then or are able to trade then. So yeah. I woke up, you know, or was up at 10 a.m. I started trading and I I was just accumulating all I could on these silver, silver stocks and silver ETFs. Bang, bang, bang. You know, probably one of the biggest positions I ever had. And it seemed like every... You know, every hour you get they're just creeping up. I guess you know all these Wall Street bets guys. They were almost waking up, and they're you know adding you know they were they're they're buying these silver stocks. So yeah, for about three or four hours, you, they're slowly, slowly, slowly crept up, and then you know I started taking off, started taking off, started taking off, and I think I remember you know they they actually sold you know it was kind of like a sell the news type thing. So they they actually sold off, but. I really, I actually, I I was proud of myself. I caught this trade really nice. I managed it pretty well, and yeah, I took advantage. I took advantage of the Wall Street Wall Street bets whole scene, not you know the game stock and not that huge squeeze, but you know taking advantage of a, a kind of another niche, and that was yeah, cool. you know, that that's still my best, still my best trade. Um, you know, worst trade again. What what comes to my mind, of course, is this this face, this Facebook trade. Um, Yeah, that was not necessarily the biggest, you know, monetary loss, but it, you know, it wrecked. Like I said, I, I flew halfway across the world for it. There was so much anticipation. I was all in my whole account on this one trade. And it was, you know, something beyond my control that, you know, fucked me. It was a technical glitch. It was a Nasdaq exchange fucked up and i there's there's i have never felt so much pain in trading of course you know like blowing my account out and then you know having to go fly back to poland break the news you know to the wife and family that we're dead broke we have no hope it was it was it was it was the lowest lowest of low and that but that's trading you know again you can do these strategy. you know these good strategies have so much edge there you know there's you can execute them perfectly. And then, you know, you can have a, a technical issue or as you know, you know, your broker can run off with your money. It's, you know, there's, there, there's, there, there's plenty of horror stories out there. And uh, there, this, this was definitely one of them.
0: Yeah. It sounds like that was a really unfortunate trade, but also like a really unfortunate time in your life. Sort of everything, yeah, was, everything was, conspired against you.
1: It was. It was. And it, I wasn't the only one. My brother got his account blown out. You know, this whole office I was in, they're all, you know, everyone was kind of all in. This was this was the trade. This was the time to be aggressive. And, you know, there was so much buzz on this Facebook IPO. Everyone was waiting it for years. And the big thing it was. we were kind of warned because right before, you know, the day of the IPO, I had a buddy in, in Texas who said he was like, oh, man, I got I, I got an allocation of Facebook shares through my broker and I knew I knew all too well that you know to get the you know to get the shares through the underwriter is you know is almost impossible on these yeah on these golden IPOs they're not giving you know they're not giving shares to you know some piker you know in his his e-trade account when uh you know these hedge funds are lining up for it so that was that was definitely a warning but you know we didn't heed that warning and we all you know we all got blown out it was it was it was a it was definitely a, a a sad day and yeah it knocked me on my ass
0: yeah fair enough um okay so saying all of that someone comes along and new trader you know they've got sort of bounce in their step and haven't sort of had any of the hard knocks that sort of thing as yet any advice that you'd give to someone just sort of starting out where to start that sort of thing
1: I mean educa- edu- education is the best you know the you know the most important thing um and that's you know it's tough to say you know get a good education you know those educations are tough to find i uh, if you can you know if you can get a job at a, a, a profit a legitimate prop firm do that those jobs like i said those jobs are really really tough to come by but so try and surround yourself with traders who have some experience know what they're doing and if you can't get in a prop firm you know, try and start an office with with some guys in your area, you know, network, at least have, you know, some kind of pod where you're communicating, you have a support. And, you know, th- the goal is to build strategy, you got to try and find edge. And that's a big thing. Now, it's, you know, like, we talked earlier, a lot of traders like, No, I want to, I want to be a trader, but I kind of want to do it my way. You know, I want to do technical analysis, I want to speculate, you know, the big thing is, like, don't have that luxury you have to go where the where the edge is and you know the you know these strategies i'm talking about they're not that glamorous they're not you know there's there's it's just it's hardcore just scavenging you're picking up scraps but you have to do that you know for a new trader right now again i'd say you know go 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 to crypto that's where you know that's where the glitches are that's where the inefficiencies are you know whether it's you know, trying to get these airdrops, whether it's you know, arbitrage and you know, perps and spots, you know, these type of games. But you know, a lot of traders talk to you like, I don't I don't want to do that. I want to do this, I want to do it my way. Well, you you know, that the trading's is so tough. It's you know, five percent success rate, you're not gonna be able to choose your way. So and that's a huge warning sign. If a trader is like, nah, you know, I'm not interested. That's too hard. That's not what I'm interested in. That's not glamorous. Then, you know, you're not going to make it. So, you know, get a good education, have support and go to where the edge is. Go to where, you know, these inefficiencies are. Find the market that is most fragmented. Find these little games, these airdrops, these auctions. Um, that's, that's, that's what I would suggest. It's, tough to, it's yeah. tough to find because, like I said, most of the books, most of the education is not talking about this type of stuff. But there, there is good education out there. You know, I mentioned Robot James and, uh, you know, the, the, that kind of corner of Twitter. There's some really good stuff out there. These guys are they're They're not, again, handing out trades and going do this. They're handing out. The way to think about the market, the methods, the what, this you know, the type of things you should be looking for, the type of strategies that work. So, yeah, there is there is good education out there.
0: Yeah, cool. That's helpful. So let's talk about your book for a second. Where do people find your book if they want to read some more of that?
1: it's uh i self-published myself uh again i'm not you know the goal wasn't to make a bestseller and i'm not a professional writer i just kind of wanted to tell my story and like i said you know let people in these glitches um so yeah the book's on it's on amazon you know whatever country you live in uh should be on on your on your website you can get the ebook or uh or the the hard copy so yeah it's it's a it's a it's 180 pages it's a it's a it's a it's a light it's a light read and uh you know it's 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 talks about glitches in my story that's that's basically uh basically the deal
0: yeah cool and what's the name of the book tell us that at least
1: yeah yeah the name is cash rules reminiscences of a day trader so, of course, you know, don't, 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 you know, I know, I, I, know I, I kind of uh, stole uh, the title of a trade trading, uh, a legendary trading book. Don't, you know, don't expect that level of uh, literature, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's uh, hopefully along those lines, let's say. Yeah. I mean, I haven't,
0: to be honest, I haven't read it in full, but I've read some sections of it. It was interesting. So people should check it out. Um, if people wanted to reach out and, Ask some questions or say hello or
1: something. What's the best place for people to find you? Uh, on Twitter or X, um, Cream Trader. Um, yeah, I'm on, and uh, I do have a website, David Dash Hale, where I posted some blogs and a little more information about glitches and so on. So there's some information on there. But yeah, I'm happy to you know I'm happy to talk trading whatever. Just this, this is. This is my passion and uh, you know I want to get the I want to get the book out there and get how people talking about glitches and this kind of uh, this kind of style of trading.
0: Yeah, cool. Um, well look thanks a lot for coming on the show. I've actually enjoyed the chat and learned quite a bit.'ve uh, i got a very interesting story which makes it more enjoyable. Um, it always seems to be traders have got sort of uh, interesting stories or the more successful ones anyway. So thanks for coming on. I really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, everyone, for listening, watching, that sort of thing. Uh, Please, again, can you follow, subscribe? Uh, All of those things are very helpful to the show. And once again, thanks very much, and we'll catch you next time. Cheers. Bye-bye.